Welcome, everybody. This is Brad Hinkle with Redline Athletics, um, and I'm sitting here with Tommy Brand, who is a franchisee of ours in Westchester, Ohio, Cincinnati area. Um, and thanks to Tommy for joining us. He's actually a, a leader for last year, uh, our leader for team training revenue generated, and it's actually kicking off into a great start to 2020. Um, brought in over $32,000 in revenue for that. So um, thank you so much, Tommy, for spending the time with us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Brad. I'm excited to be here. I'm looking forward to being able to share some information and, and hopefully grow the, the Redline brand. Awesome. Cool. I want to dive in just with, just with step one um, and talk about your team training setup. Like, let's talk real quick about what are the offerings? What does your communication sound like um, when you're talking with somebody, uh, a coach per se, who, who wants to hear about team training and how does that conversation look like? Yeah, so when we're talking with a coach or a league that's interested in, you know, having their team train with us, we're really pretty open and flexible, and and we try to ask them a lot of uh, calibrated questions to figure out what their goals are and what they want to gain from the training, what they expect to get out of it, and then we can mold a program to fit their needs. If we know what they want to get out of it and their goals, then then we can. You know, the, the length of it, how many times per week, how many, uh, you know, lengths per session during the week. Uh, we can mold that all to fit whatever their goals and expectations are. That's cool. It, it, are you finding 60-minute um, sessions once a week or twice a week? Like, what do you see as the most common uh, that a coach is committing to right now? Yeah, most common is 60-minute is sessions twice a week. And, you know, we got a couple teams that come only once a week. We had a couple teams that are they're going 90 minutes when they come either once a week or twice a week. Uh, sometimes it's, it's um, contingent on the budget that they have or the time that they think they can get their team all there together. We even got a, a team that, that sends their team uh, to us in waves. So, you know, one part of the team may come on certain days and the other part of the team may come on other days. Uh, so we just try to try to remain flexible and, and work with uh, the coach and the team to uh, to do what's best for them. Awesome. In terms of marketing efforts, like to get that conversation started, uh, what is what has been your most popular way or successful avenue, if you will, or how to get people to come in and sit down? Is it through some traditional marketing? Is it through word of mouth? Like what what has worked well for you? Yeah. So what's worked well so far for us has really just been uh, knowing, uh, getting to know our athletes, our member athletes, our parents, and and knowing them personally and starting conversations with them. I think that's where it all starts. If you have a, a method, uh, it doesn't have to be pre, pre-planned or pre-thought out, but if you're gathering that information from your athletes, uh, or at least a lot of them, and keeping a database of that, then you can reach out to coaches and you can include them on, on emails that, that go out about, you know, team training seasons that are coming up. And then uh, when they need that and, and want that, then they, they come back to you, especially when they, they see the improvements that, that the athletes that come to us have made, then they're more likely to, to bring their team in. I bet that's a, that's a big win. I mean, that's the reason why, especially with your semi-private program, um, growing, I guess that word of mouth too. Who typically, who typically starts that communication? Is it more um, the trainers on the floor who are actually working with the kids on a daily basis? Is it you and the the staff up at the front of the of the business? Like, what does the communication look like in terms of a an actual goal um, to get that conversation started? Yeah, it's it's mostly it's mostly the staff on the floor that 
to get to know the kids and the parents and talk to them. Uh, you know, that they have an incentive to drive that business so they can start that conversation and get that going. Now, John and I, the owners, we have, you know, other businesses of our own. So we're out in the, in the marketplace and networking. And so we may come across a, an opportunity here or there, but most, most of it all is started with the, with the staff on the floor. That's awesome. And then a lot of times that staff ends up being the trainer of that team. Am I right? Yeah, that's correct. Yep, absolutely. Because they're more likely to talk to the kids and the parents that are in involved in the sport that they played in. And they, so they have an interest there. So that's where the conversation goes. And so that's, uh, it's easier for that to happen. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about um, your staffing layout and adjustments. So I love the fact that the staff is finding opportunities that are kind of low-hanging fruit, what's in front of them, kids that love it, who also play for teams and get the team in there. How do you make sure um, your semi-private program is still running well and it's healthy and you guys have a very healthy one, um, but also that you're able to staff properly for team training? So could you talk real quick about um, like what your staff minimums are for semi-private and then how we can tie in the team training with that? Yeah, so our staff minimums, we want to have at least three staff uh, dedicated to semi-private uh, during our busy time, which is four to seven weeknights. Um, and really, it, the staffing part hasn't been as big of an issue for us as it has been space. Um, finding the right amount of space and the right, uh, making the right adjustments there to make sure your semi-private program isn't compromised. There you give the perception uh, because we can train really well in small spaces, but the perception from a parent's point of view could be different if you if you get scrunched into a smaller space. So you really got to manage the perception there to make sure that uh, the parents don't feel like their semi-private kids are getting squeezed. So so managing the space and then managing staff is both very important when uh, when you start taking on a lot of team training. That's a that's a great point too. I didn't really think about even just how many. How many teams do you do you are you able to fit inside your training center? I guess first of all, how big is your training center square footage wise? And then second of all, how many teams do you feel like you can safely and effectively fit in there while still having semi-private running? Yeah, so we have about twelve thousand square feet. Um, and typically we the most we'll ever have is two teams at one time because we have some private lessons, private instruction that go on as well. So when you combine all of that with the semi-private happening, that, that's about as much as you can do, we think. Uh, others might have a different way to do it, but we think, and we don't have two teams in there at the same time a lot. Usually we try to spread it out and, and where it's just uh, one team in their training at least. Yeah, that's awesome too, because they're, the semi-private can get spread out through the facility as well as they roll through um, their work mm -hmm. too. So great, great information. Even then, on the team training side, is it usually one trainer with the team or multiple trainers? How does that get laid out? It is, yeah. It's usually one trainer with the team. They get assigned and, and they stay with that team all the way through the season as much as possible. They may have to miss a day or, or a day or two here and there. But we try to keep the same trainer with the team. The kids really get to know the trainer. The, the trainer gets to know the coaches. And they develop a really good bond and relationship. And then when you do some marketing related to that, then – you know that your uh, team, the team members and the coaches are much more likely to, you know, share those social media posts and really get into it when they when they start to know, uh, you know that that trainer and really like them and trust them. They're gonna they're gonna um, share everything and and really help out in getting the word out. 
I love it. What sports do you see more often represented in team training in your area? Yeah, so we're, we have a lot of baseball teams uh, doing team training uh, with us. I'd say because of the seasonality and the, the cold weather and just the timing of baseball season, and, you know, we do get a lot of baseball teams uh, training with us. Uh, over the summer, though, we had um, a volleyball team train with us. We had some football teams on the younger age level train with us. So we, we do get a, a variety of sports. Uh, right now we have uh, some cricket teams that are they're not training with us per se, but they're doing some cage rental. And I think next year we're going to we're going to talk uh, several of the cricket teams into training with us as well. Hey, cricket players are athletes, too. Yeah, I love it. That's good. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We have a lot of cricket activity in our area. That's surprising, too. I mean, it's it, not something that you would think about. But then again, like it's whatever the group is, whatever sport they play, um, you've got to be athletic. You've got to stay healthy um, and get your performance up, too. So it's a great, a great program for them to be in for sure. Yep, absolutely. Let's dive into pricing and options. Um, we talked a little bit about your team training setup. Uh, give me in your market, like what is the going rate? What are they typically signing up for? Uh, you mentioned really two timing options for like a 60 minute and a 90 minute option too, which the 90 minute being mm -hmm. a little bit of skill work involved with the team training. Um, and obviously the price may increase for that too. So talk a little bit about what you're charging and what you're getting for team training. Yeah, so our, our rates for team training range anywhere from nine to fifteen dollars per kid per hour uh and it's all any where we are in that range depends on how many kids are on the team uh how many times per week they come how many weeks long is the training lasting whether it's you it could be 10 weeks 12 16 weeks uh so you know the more kids the longer it lasts the more often they come during the week it's gonna it's gonna trend down towards the nine, ten, eleven dollars, you know, per kid per hour. And then if, if they're training only once a week, it only lasts, you know, eight weeks, you know, something short like that, then it's gonna be up around the, the fifteen dollars per kid per hour rate. So that's some of the variability built in, which you know, makes sense to the coach as well. And do you feel like it gives them to commit to some longer time because they can save some money on it? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. The coaches want to it's hard for them to raise money, but they all, they also want to get in as much uh, work with their team as possible. They, you know, they, they definitely want to win and they want to improve the kids. So um, they, they try to get in as much as possible. Awesome. Good. And that's a pretty common pricing structure. Um, do you have a minimum in, in terms of like, you need this number of kids on a team to commit to team training for me to give you this rate? Yeah, I think the, I don't know if it's a explicitly stated minimum, but when our when our DSP is quoting that out, usually we don't want to do it for less than uh, ten kids. I think we may have gone down to eight kids once, but uh, usually one, we want at least ten kids doing the training at least once a week for either sixty minutes or ninety minutes, and the minimum on weeks I think in that scenario would be about ten weeks. Cool. And then, yeah, if you have 10 kids on a team, two teams in there is 20 kids. Call it 20 to 24 if it's 10 to 12 kids on a team, and then you still have a semi-private. So that makes sense, too. And is that sometimes two teams from the same organization training at the same time, or is it um, could be two different sports? Do you try and, and schedule it that way? Yeah, it could be any of those, really. I mean, during the summer when we had our the, the, the youth football team teams in, 
that was uh, we did some during the week and some on the weekends and we had uh it wasn't really an individual team it was a, an option for all the kids in the league so it was more like league training and the kids would come um as a group from the league not necessarily from the team so it looked a little bit different but it still served the same purpose for for the league and for the teams there you know get their kids uh better you mean they would come in like when you're closed and pretty much open up just for this team where you can have more kids in there with a, a couple trainers is that we talking about yep yep absolutely they came in once during the week and then once on sundays uh, Sunday, I think it was later in the uh, afternoon, like five or six, maybe on Sundays. And our, our football specialist, Johnny, would go in there and, and work with the team at that time. Awesome. That's almost more fun as a trainer where you got a whole wide open space. You can spread out a little bit. Um, you can fill it with more kids and team training, too. And shoot, you're paying lease on that thing 24-7. So why not put it to work on the weekend? That's great. Yeah, we want to utilize the building as as much as possible. You got to try to squeeze squeeze the money out from every hour. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, last thing, um, membership growth opportunities inside of team training is a kind of a tough topic, but I know as a goal for a lot of people is a, I've got all these kids inside of this training center doing this team training thing that's priced accordingly, and they're getting a discount because they're buying in bulk from what it sounds like. Um, but really mm -hmm. the term focus being like how do I get these kids into a membership into a semi-private membership in some way I know you said that a lot of these teams come in because you already have members who are on the team so you've already got a couple on that team who are members but what have you what have you seen work or what is your goal what are you trying to make sure that those team training kids and you have a lot of them um, are either presented with the opportunity to do semi-private or what has worked to get them into a membership in some way yeah, so the the big thing there is that there, one of the main reasons a lot of the teams will start training with us is because there was a member on the team or two that, that already trained with us, and they've improved quite a bit, and they're a leader on their team, and, and they're performing very well. So the coaches like, you know, they wonder what's going on, and they find out it, they've been at Redline. So that's the way we acquire some of our team training opportunities. And then once the teams get in there, it is uh, our goal to try to get a couple, pick off a couple kids from each team to to become members. So it has to do with the relationship with the staff and the coach and the staff and the parents. And you have to be sensitive to how explicit you're selling. But it's truth. When you're talking to a parent or a child and they're in there doing a mix of skill work and training, you know, there's there's things you can say that say, you know, if if, if your child were, were to be able to train, you know, year round, this much, you know, uh, increase in speed and strength and agility would would greatly help, and your your child would be performing at at a much higher level. And so, when you sprinkle in comments like that, uh, you're not as selling as overtly, and and you may not feel as uh, <laughs> as much of a salesperson doing it that way. But I think the message is still getting across. And, and the, you know, the parents know that we offer the, the semi-private membership. So um, it's definitely will take hold in their mind, I believe. And because the team trained with us, we give the, the team members that, that join you know, with a 12-month membership, they get a discount uh, because they're team trained with us. Awesome. Do they have to sign up during that team training to get the discount or just say they did team training? Uh, we don't require – well, I, yeah, I guess before the team training is, is over. So, okay. um, 
yeah, sometime before their team stops training with us, they need to sign up. Love it. Yeah, and then they can increase their visits during those weeks that they're a member as well, but also get the team training, sweat with your friends, get some results, and the, uh, the camaraderie gets built, that gets built off of that too. Is that a, a conversation with moms and dads as they're sitting there watching more often than not, or is it an opportunity for you to like, hey, let me talk to this whole the whole team as well? Like, How do you usually present that, that, uh, those topics or those options to the families? Yeah, it's not as much a planned thing as it is uh... – Usually afterwards, when the team training session is over, the parents are picking up the kids. You know, the parents may even come and ask our staff, the guy that's, you know, the trainer that's leading the group may ask them questions about how their child is doing. So it's an opportunity there to build that relationship and really throw in some of those, some of those hints and some of those uh, anecdotes that, that may be able to draw, draw the relationship and draw the, the, um, the member in. Awesome. And last thing for me, um, you like to, you talk, anytime I talk to you, you talk a lot about your staff and their background too. Touch on that real quick and how important it is to you to, to have a quality staff and, and their training and how that ties into, um, you know, a coach's desire to train with them and, uh, and whatnot. So I know you've got a pretty diverse staff for their backgrounds in athletics and what they're doing. Maybe touch on that a little bit too, but how much does that tie in to a coach loving the program itself because the trainers are, are, you know, doing a great job with the kids. Yeah, I think, especially in our profession, in our industry, but in all professions and in all industries, relationship is key and you got to have people that are personable and they, they can be technically proficient, but if, if they can't talk to people and they can't get along with parents and, and they're not relational and they can't build that relationship, then it's going to be tough sledding, uh, to to really get the get the business growing, they've got to be relationship. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> relationship driven. Be able to pull those those people into their conversations, and the people have got to trust them, and they've got to come off authentic and really mean what they say, and know let their let their uh, audience know that they care about what they talk about and the and the kids that they help train. So authenticity and being relational and really uh, caring about people is definitely key. Awesome. I love it. Tons of great information um, that we can pull from this stuff too. Congratulations on how 2019 went. And obviously it's already spilling into 2020 and um, hopefully you'd set that bar even higher this year too. So I appreciate your time. Thanks for sharing. Hopefully we can take some information off of this um, and apply it in different ways across the country and, and help everybody else too. Thank you so much, Tommy. All right. Perfect, Brad. Thanks for the time.